you want a footy podcast with expert opinion. Beat Freo there last year for whatever that holds. Yeah, it's the least relevant game of 2016. <laughs> with sizzling hot takes. They're a bigger cop taste their fans in late 1990s Pamela Anderson. And unique analysis. What was it? What was the quote, mate? I don't know. I was pissed. <laughs> you want the Greenfield Post Footy Podcast. Yeah! Round 10, the Indigenous round. Uh, how good was the Indigenous round? Plenty to talk about. As always, I am joined here by Rudy Edsel and Ethan Meldrum. How are we, boys? Fantastic, mate. Excellent. Fantastic. And uh, I'm Rubs Warren, the GFP uh, digital editor. Now, uh, Rudy in particular, I know there's been a lot of talk around Chappelle Corby, but did you get to watch any of the football this weekend? I managed to squeeze in a, a lazy seven games or so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the, just the usual. Yeah. Uh, but only actually, seven. No, I watched all of them. Yeah. yeah I think was going to say, yeah, you watched no, I nine. Which, I watched all of them. Yeah. Pretty well, let's just say at least seven of them were, were very good. Adelaide Freeman was just, it was disgusting. But yeah. we want to talk about Indigenous Round because it was absolutely fantastic. We'll get into that uh, a little bit later on. Players of the round, as always, are going to kick off. And there is a bit of an Indigenous feel about it, Rudy. Yeah, well, mine is um, Sean Burgoyne. Uh, last week, we sat here and called him cooked. And then... <laughs> This week he uh, he's come out and he's put up twenty six touches. He had nineteen contested touches of his twenty six. He five clearances, but really the big goal at the end there. It was one of two uh, absolute clutch goals, but the the one where he's kicked from fifty three, straining every single sinew of those uh, I think forty seven year old uh, hamstrings of his, <laughs> and it sailed through. And it was just massive, massive moment. Like the uh, big roughy gets all the plaudits for his goal. Well, fair enough. But I thought Bert Burgoyne's was uh, even better. Some, he's a, sorry, he's a player that he's a player that has every right to be cooked, mm. like we were yeah. discussing last week. But he's just so good that he just can't possibly be. Well, mm. someone said on the weekend um, he is the best. Like when the going gets tough and it, they're in the clinches and in the trenches, he is the best decision maker to have ever played the game. I thought that's a pretty yeah. fair call. So I mean, it's a hard thing to really quantify. Yeah, but it is. like it, he's the best I've seen. I think just about, um, and what made it like, what makes this even more remarkable, I watched this game in the pub and there was the, that's unusual, absolute, <laughs> the absolute worst Hawthorne fan you'll ever see in your life. Uh, like that's also unusual. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, screaming out silk, silk every time he went near the footy. And even that didn't, uh, diminish my love for the game. At one point, this bloke, did he have a, uh, bi- uh his Hawthorne jumper over the top of a business shirt? No, he didn't. He didn't. Um, fortunately he did. Very, he was wearing like a cardigan or something. Oh, um, God. but at one stage, some call went against him and he went and he like, slammed his fists on the wall and like broke this, um, like this, this picture frame that they had up and just like smashed it like glass everywhere and, and stuff. <laughs> yeah. He's just picked it up and like hidden it under the table. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done the same. I would have done the same. <laughs> I was, I was like, oh, fucking Hawthorne fans. <laughs> well, speaking of um, pigs of humans, my player of the round is... is <laughs> what a segue. Is, <laughs> is Jake Stringer. Um, horrible. Jesus, yeah, right? Not, not, not a great human off the field, but um, at one stage he, he kicked... The Bulldogs had kicked four goals for the game and Jake Stringer had kicked all four of them. Ended up with five. Didn't have a lot of impact in the second half, but I thought in a game that really could have gone either way before the first bounce. Jake Stringer made sure it went his team's way early on. And I thought it was pretty dominant from a bloke who, as much as BT likes to say is the package, is hit or miss. Because he either does a lot or he does fuck all. And he was really good, I thought, for the Bulldogs, like when the game was on the line. Before yeah. He, well, that, that game could have gone either way and mm. he made sure it wasn't. Yeah. I did. Actually, I always sort of had the Bulldogs pretty hot favorites in this one. Um, personally, but 
he was absolutely sensational. Um, he's probably going to do that. Like you say, he's hit and miss, but if you play Nathan Brown on him, he's probably going to do that every week. Strange, to, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Richo <laughs> lost that game at the selection table. To have both Carlisle and Brown against the Bulldogs when they dropped Cloak and Redpath was a strange decision. Not that they're going to know they're going to drop those players, but they went in too tall and it cost them. Well, they swung Carlisle forward at halftime because of that. Mm. Yeah, they had to because it was they were just top heavy down. And also end. because everything forward or center just died in the arse. Yeah, well, Nick Rewalt out hurt them there, and, and Josh Bruce. So, Paddy McCartan, I thought actually played a pretty good game. Yeah, to be fair. he dropped a couple of uh, a clang, a couple of clangers, but um, he's going to be a serious player. Uh, mm. Big fat Pat. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. <laughs> big fat Pat, or as the Triple M called team, The Gap, they call yeah, it. Yeah. JB said he could fit a $2 coin. Yeah. In his, uh, yeah. <laughs> a bit harsh, but yeah, I thought Stringer was my, my player of the round. I might be trolling a few people there, but Stringer yeah. for mine. Just slightly. Um, my player of the week is Brandon Ellis. Uh, I'm not going with the um, you can medalist Dustin Martin. <laughs> okay, Caro. No, no, no. Dustin... <laughs> I reckon, honestly, Brent Ellis was best on ground, Dustin Martin second, if, if I had to do the votes. He's, yeah. he's a strange player, Alice, because he was good, and then he started to get a tag, and he kind of went missing for a few years, but he's been very good for them this season. Yeah, he's bounced back. He sort of established himself as, you know, he played down back, played played more on a wing against Essendon, and did really well. Had nine intercept possessions, um, eight score involvements, 27 of his 30 disposals were effective, uh, and I think that trumps it over someone like, Dustin Martin had no effective disposals in that last quarter. When the game was on the line... He kicked a goal in the last quarter. Did he? Yeah. Dusty, I thought I thought no. Brendan Ellis kicked no. a goal. Wow. You're the stats man, Heath. You should know this stuff. Well, according <laughs> to what I got. Um, yeah, I, I thought as well, Ellis was a bit stiff in the in the voting. He only got three, so I had him fourth best on ground. I thought he was much, much better than that. Mm. Yeah, I, I thought he was... Um, I thought he was... Massive. Didn't he? He kicked a huge goal in the last quarter. Yeah, in, yeah. in the third, I think. Oh, in the third. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was a... I thought Richmond were excellent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that game was. It, it was obviously the the the, the noteworthy game of this of the round, Indigenous round, Dreamtime at the G, and they've made it into a, a really good spectacle. Was it Eighty eight thousand. Oh, it was huge, That's and it's the yeah. biggest Saturday night crowd ever. I'm pretty sure yeah. what I read. Yeah, yeah it was it was amazing. The pregame is so good for Dreamtime at the G. We spoke about it last week. Kevin Sheedy's done a lot for AFL football. And I think Dreamtime at the G as a spectacle is bigger than Anzac Day. I think the pregame. I think it's fantastic. It's it's nice that they can tie it into a whole round, yeah, for a, a whole indigenous round, isn't it? Um, and that's probably what makes it, probably what gives it the edge. But over what, Day. but what you're saying is that game was it 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 held up as being the the noteworthy game of, this, of the round too, didn't it? Because Richmond and Essen were bang up for that football game. Yeah, yeah it was that, that, ni- nice when the centerpiece works out yeah. like that. Like it doesn't always sort of happen that way. Yeah, <laughs> that that first half was sensational footy. Absolutely sensational. You know, Essen getting out to a really quick lead and then Richmond bouncing back, playing equally well. Just beautiful. It was watch. was a finals-like game in that... It was. Um, ...in that Essendon kept themselves in it by sort of any means necessary. They kicked... Um, they, they just kicked better. Richmond burned a lot of chances and Essendon stayed in the game by, bin, by dint of just being more efficient. And that's what makes footy great. Like, those kind of... Like, we talked... You mentioned earlier Adelaide Frio... Like Adelaide won that game by 100 points, and the the scoreline genuinely flattered for it. They had 30 more scoring shots. Mm. So when you can get a game where you know a team like Richmond are you know sloppy but still manage to get up and and Essendon push them by being you know efficient and effective with the footy, it's just it's it's so much better to watch than uh, 
It's just yeah, it was just a great game, and the fact that it was at the MCG, eighty-eight thousand there, well, it's a beautiful game of footy. Yeah, I won't say this often, but I thought Harbick outcoached Walsfold in that game, and because I, I thought Danaher, yeah, Danaher was very close to tearing that game apart, and they moved Ashbury off him, and then Danaher played a lot more in the ruck in the second half, which I thought was strange because he was playing really well down forward. But Richmond finally held on to a game that was close and actually kicked away in the last few minutes as well to find to get a good result. I'm not sure Worsfold is that good a game day coach. That, that's exactly what I was just about to say. It's, yeah. It doesn't doesn't strike me as anything he's done with with Eston at least. I mean, we're winding the clock way back if we go to his oh, West Coast days. Didn't have much help last year. No, yeah, 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 of course, no. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's doesn't seem like he's a very proactive coach during game day. He might be a good coach off the field, and he's got Eston playing a good game plan, but. You know, between the sirens, I, I don't think there's a great deal happening compared to other coaches such as, you know, even Hardwick. Yeah. I just out coached by Damien Hardwick isn't really something you want in your resume, is no, it? No, it's that's true. But Richmond are a good side this year. I mean, they've lost those three games combined by eleven points. They could seriously be like top two or top three. Yeah. I think the the thing holding them back and um I, okay. I've said it for a couple of weeks in a row, they are they're poorly led and mm. I still don't I still don't think Hardwick, uh, Hardwick, everyone knows what he's about. Um, uh, but they're a better side than I thought they would be. And like full credit to them in this game. I thought that was a brilliant effort to, to not go to water mm. under significant pressure. They were helped a bit by Essen and missing some, like they burnt several chances. Um, but the, the leaders actually stood up like that Trent Cotchin, uh, that Trent Cotchin bloody don't argue on, on, um, tipping Woody is that, that. If I were a Richmond fan, I'd be watching the footage of that over and over again this week and just going, yes. Do you reckon Harbert gets dusty to run him through some don't argue drills at training just to teach <laughs> him all how to do it? Well, I think, I'm not sure Dusty could impart that wisdom. He'd just no. be like, yeah, all you got to do is be like stronger than the other bloke, eh? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure that he's, he's a teacher. Um, I'm, I'm not, not, not sure I, I don't. Don't, I don't think I actually saw it, but um, I think Dustin might actually be like a fake don't argue on the weekend. Uh, like, like, like he was going really? to don't argue. He did it to Daniel Rioli and Daniel Rioli stepped it? back. Yeah. It was okay. weird. There, there we go. Yeah. It was like Daniel Rioli was expecting. So, so, so maybe you're starting to think about it. He's thinking like, okay, if I look like I'm going to don't argue this person, they'll, they'll piss off because mm. you know, who, who the hell would want to be don't argue by Dustin Martin yeah. and he'll get space ahead of him. It was, um, it was good to see a few of the lesser lights for Richmond stand up though. You're Brandon Ellison. And uh, Basha Hooley types, perhaps. Basha Hooley also, by the way, started Ramadan that day. Mm. So that's a, a seriously good effort to... <laughs> Would have been bloody hungry. <laughs> no, they're, they're, um, so that you're allowed to... You're, you're discouraged from eating and drinking. During and the day. Smoking it? and having sex during mm. daylight hours. But yep. um, all bets are off, you know, once the sun goes down. Just a big smoking orgy with a uh, big feast. Yeah. As it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other noteworthy game, probably... The, it was probably a better game, to be honest with you as well. Friday night at the SCG, Sydney versus Hawthorne. A lot of people would have come in given Hawthorne no chance for this game. And geez, it was such a good game of footy and so good to see. But both blokes were in the number 67 on their back just have an absolute night out. Well, yeah, they were, they were one and two best on ground, um, Bergwijn and Franklin. Yeah, well, Franklin mm. was best on. For my, in a losing game, he was he was unbelievable. He mm. just... Oh, he's terrifying. He did have Gibbo <laughs> on he? Yeah, well, I mean, he did. He, uh, laid, two, he, he, he laid two he tackles. tackles. He had a tackle. He laid two tackles. <laughs> uh, he, um, but Franklin, he's just, he's just, when he's in that mood, he's just, absolutely, he's just scary. Yeah. yeah and he look, he like, he's sleek and he moves so well. And he like, he's so, he was taking contested marks, which you never see him do. He's well up for it. And he just, you sort of forget that the big stage for Buddy is just, it's, you know, it's home. That's the thing. I reckon um, 
I reckon Josh Gibson played well. Mm. And Lance Franklin was best on ground. It, it just sums up how how steer and how dominant he is. Mm. Just yeah. absolutely ridiculous. When he's in one of those meets, just completely unstoppable. Well, yeah. they, well, There's they, no point. Well, they played Buddy Sydney the other week, and Nath Brand... Uh, so they played St. Kilda the other week, and Nath Brown dominated him, and then Buddy kicked three last quarter goals and just looked like he had a day out if you look at the stat sheet. But that's what he can do. He can just light it up for 10, 15 minutes, kick three or four, and you know, he can he, almost get Sydney out of the, the line. the hardest player to match up on I've, I've ever seen in footy. Once the ball hits the ground, most defenders must touch. They've got to touch cloth because yeah. there's no <laughs> way they're beating him. Yeah, that's right. He's so he's so big as well. and just. He, yeah, he's a, just a great player. And um, Sean Bergon, we've, we've already spoken about. I, I actually, I really think that was an incredibly underrated game by him. Mm. I haven't seen as much uh, love for him as there should have been. And it was very gratifying to see uh, Big Ruff kick the winner. Yeah, I mean, that, that's just good for footy, isn't it? See Big Ruff. If it was any other Hawthorne player kicked that goal, everyone would have been pretty pissed off, if I'm honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But because it's rough, anyone? it's kind of like, oh, okay, we'll, we'll give you that one. Uh, North yesterday though, I mean, we're, we're almost running at the round uh, of indigenous round with that, with that game. How did they let Carlton come back like that in the third quarter? Ridiculous. They're, they're still very, extremely North Melbourne. It's mm. just, they, they'll always have that in their DNA. They'll always have an embarrassing collapse in them. Um, well, they as, kick six as, long as, as long as Brad Scott's in charge anyway. Mm. Uh, Kick, uh, Carlton, you mean? Did yeah. they kick six straight? They yeah, certainly, they certainly like piled on. They were forty-five points there at one stage, and um, well, they almost got the lead back by three-quarter time after being forty-five down halfway through the second. Yeah, at one stage, it was the 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 discussion had turned to, um, you know, what do you do? I remember I was, I was here at Triple M li- listening to it, and the discussion amongst the um the commentators the commentators was. What do you do? Uh, what do you do, guys, when your team's getting beaten this badly? Do you try and limit the damage, or do, you know, like, what do you say? And then all of a sudden, Carlton go bang, bang, bang. And it was like, okay, they're making this respectable. Oh, hang on, hang on. What? What? And they just kept kicking goal <laughs> after goal after goal, and all of a sudden, they looked like you know, like they looked like Geelong of two thousand and seven. They were just unstoppable. North completely stopped playing, and then remembered late that it was, oh, hang on, we've got to, we've still got to win this game. Well, Bryce Gibbs had another ripper game. I mean, he kicked, ended up with three goals and plenty of touches. He was, he was probably best on ground yesterday between both teams. Pro- oh, yeah. Proper leg I'd break of a goal in the second quarter too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angus Monfrey's eat your heart out. My, yeah. fav- my favorite moment was Jack Silvani um, shrugging off a tackle from Jack Zebel. It's like the biggest bitch thrown off the biggest uh, bigs antagonizer in the AFL. How did Jack Silvani do that? I couldn't believe it. Uh, he's, I don't know. <laughs> it was weird as fuck to watch. But anyway, um, can we can we just can we just big up Matthew Cruiser for a second? Oh, yeah. He's dominated Goldstein. Todd Goldstein. Yeah, yeah. I've, I, haven't, I haven't seen Todd Goldstein cop a spanking like that since his ex missus tweeted out about him cheating <laughs> on him, cheating on it. <laughs> He was dominated. Oh, <laughs> well, we've mentioned Stringer, so we have to mention Goldstein, don't we? So there you go. It's only fair. It is un- <laughs> but yeah, Cruiser, he's been very good this year for Carlton. He, you know, he, he was on the trading table at the end of last year. Wanted to go to Collingwood. Mm, I think I think his form turned around exactly when I said in the Slamming Doors column that he's in the running for the worst number one pick of the last 10 years. <laughs> so uh, you're welcome, mate. <laughs> he, he, might, he, might, he might still be, though. Um, another Indigenous player who played really well on the weekend is your man, Ethan, Jeffy Garlett. Uh, granted, they were up against the Gold Coast, 
But, geez, he dominated that second half particularly. Yeah, well, once once things turned Melbourne's way, he was just unstoppable. Just um, That's kind of him, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, um, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't great in the first half. I was talking to Rudy because we were watching the game together. No, he um, wasn't good at all. He kicked three behinds. I think, what did I say at halftime? I think he had 10 touches to that point, and eight of them were either behinds or turnovers. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and he, seven. Seven of them were behinds or turnovers. Something like that. And... Well, to his credit, he probably ends up first or second best on ground. Yeah, he kicked, kicked five in the end. Five, four. Five, four, 23 yeah. touches. All, it, all in the forward but half. But he's the kind of player that sort of needs things going his way. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about a, a player from that game? Nathan Jones. Heck. Oh. Heck. <laughs> that, that third quarter of his was, um, I mean... It was Nathan Jones-esque, <laughs> I suppose you'd say. Well, it's Nathan Jones and a good team-esque. He's, you know, he's tried to yeah. will. But do we do we put games against Gold Coast with an asterisk? Like, you know, the swimming world record's broken with those bodysuits? Because uh, they yeah. are shit, I, That's Coast. true, but... Particularly in second halves. They just give up. That's true, but Melbourne worth six goals down in the third quarter. And Nathan Jones put the team on his back and said... I'm not having this. He, I think he would have said the exact same thing you said. <laughs> it's like the old, you remember the Sir Alex Ferguson story where he gets in the rooms against Tottenham and goes, lads, it's Tottenham. <laughs> I, think Nathan, I think Nathan Jones has got the team around him at a centre bounce and gone, boys, this is Gold Coast. Yes. Sort it out. But they were, they were playing in the Northern Territory and Melbourne doesn't like playing in the Northern Territory. Nor, nor to Gold Coast, obviously. No. Well, they don't like playing anywhere. <laughs> to Where, be honest with you, China, the Northern Territory, it's a Carrara, nowhere. Yeah, it was refreshing to to not have a week started with uh, their coach saying we don't want to travel to where we have to play this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> Aaron Hall though was very good for Gold Coast. Surprising. Talk about Daniel Skiers. Yeah, he's uh, I don't. He's a weird player. He's a weird player. He he record he gets big stats all the time, but mm. he just yet four hundred and fifty meters game that first quarter. <laughs> I know. Yeah, in a quarter. <laughs> It's crazy. Which is crazy. That's, that's like halfway to the all-time record. Well, you, yeah. in you, half an hour. You told me to write down in the run in the rundown, Rudy, the Gold Coast the Cooks. How bad are they going to be next year without Stephen May? There, there is no way <laughs> Stephen May will want to stay at the Gold Coast if they continue to be this bad. Really, I've heard the opposite. I've heard that he's basically waiting for the CBA to get finalised and that he'll uh, stay on. So, um, yeah, <laughs> and and like, that's the thing. The longer he waits, the more demand you'll get. The higher his price goes, mm. the more money he gets out of Gold Coast. I, yeah, I, I see what you mean, though. It's it's kind of like the discussion around well, what's the point at the moment, whether it's like it's like, oh, will, will he stay? Will he go? Why? Why on earth would you stay? I actually think what yeah. you, the thing you said about waiting longer, the the more money he's going to earn. That's opposite with Fife. He's getting worse by every round he plays. He equaled the AFL record for clangers. He had thirteen clangers on the weekend. Mm. Yeah, he was uh, he was poor. That game was just horrific. Hundred points literally flattered Freya. I, I think uh, I, I, I could. I've never not never, but it's probably been the top three or four like non-competitive performances I've seen by a footy team that wasn't Gold Coast or GWS in their first year. I, I would rather watch. Channel 7's rolling coverage of Spell Corby going to the airport and <laughs> have to watch a replay of any quarter of that match. Yeah. I, I think I think Adelaide in that first half had more scoring shots than Geelong did in the first half of that 186 against Melbourne. Wow. Mm, that says something. We, there was one there was one thing that I enjoyed out of it was those people that had like shelled out the uh, shelled out for the sky tickets like the roof tickets that yeah. Adelaide Oval <laughs> just getting drenched. <laughs> so just getting so drenched. So explain <laughs> this to me. They the t- they were on the roof of Adelaide yeah, Oval. Yeah, so you can buy tickets um, to like the, I think it's called the Skywalk or the 
Are you allowed to barrack for opposition teams? <laughs> I don't. I don't no know. Adelaide Crows don't like that. <laughs> I've no, I'd noticed that. It's high up. I was there for the you. cricket last year, and I'd noticed that then there was these people like in sort of like jumper suits, like with harnesses on. I was like walking across the roof. What are they doing? The, you pay and you go and sit in the riverbank stand and it's like, you get a great view of Adelaide city and they have those spectacular sunsets. Right. And it's great. Didn't it piss down on the it Saturday night? Absolutely bucketed. <laughs> the first quarter was like, um, as I, you remember, you see that old footage of like Waverley and um, that, that Brisbane player like having to shield himself from the, um, the hail from the hail Paul, mm. Paul Pios, I think it was, it's, that's kind of what it looked like. You just, you couldn't see anything. It was just like completely, uh, <laughs> it was the hardest cor- rain ever. Well, cor- correct me if I'm wrong. If you're on top of the roof, you're probably not going to be sheltered. From no, no. Rain. And they were just getting <laughs> battered, battered by rain. It could not have been a pleasant experience. They would have spent so much money on it. Yeah. There's a, there's a great video of it online, which, which we discovered yesterday. It's just a guy on Snapchat, just zooming in on, on the guys on the roof as it's hammering down with rain. You can barely see them. And he's just got the old classic Wario sort of laugh. Just, <laughs> just, it's just like, just cackling. Yeah. It. It's wonderful. Find it. Find it. I, I tweeted it yesterday. You'll be able to find it on my Twitter. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Ethan, I think, I think he's warmed up. He's, he's in good form before we talk about his cats, Geelong Port, which seemed like before we bring him back ages ago with uh, Thursday night, it is time for this. The big fella's angry. It's Rudy's rant. What do you got this week? I am sick to death of hearing about these deliberate decisions, like deliberate out of bounds, deliberate rush behind. It's. At first I was like, oh, this is just the typical, uh, you know, footy fans have just, they don't understand it. And though so they rallying against it, but I've come to the conclusion that literally no one understands it. No one at all. Like not me, not you guys, not Simon Lethleen, not Hayden Kennedy, the umpire's boss, none of the umpire, literally no one. Certainly not the players. Certainly not the players. Jaden Short got horrifically cooked on the weekend. He really thought he was doing the right thing. Uh, Josh Green just pulled up short and stopped chasing him because he knew he was about to get a free kick. Good poacher's instinct, I suppose. But it's just, it's an embarrassment. Every time a high profile version of this rule happens, no one understands what's going on and everyone just like melts down. It, it's just, it's so, it's so frustrating and it doesn't have to be this way. <laughs> just legislate the rules properly, like m- remove the gray areas. Like what's, what's the point of having a rule where you go, well, We've got this rule, but only in this, you know, only when the, you know, Venus is in the third house of the moon and, you know, <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Can- no one understands this shit anymore. And it's, it, it literally, like, I hate to sound like, um, I'm not one of those people that, you know, one of the things I hate the most in the world is people go, oh, it's political correctness. Everything was better in the eighties, but I just, it really ruins like the spectacle of footy for absolutely everyone. And it's just. Just sort it out. Like, seriously, how many meetings do they go through? How many times do they have meetings? How much shit do they change every year? This cannot be the hardest thing to get right. Can you imagine being uh, someone having a foreigner to take him to the footy and that you know that decision happens with Jaden Short and they ask you, what, what was that? You'd be like, fucked if I know. <laughs> I can't tell you what that rule is because it changes week in, week out. And the AFL bring these rules in, right, to make the game, in their own words, look better. The worst thing about our game, besides uh, the umpires having to redo the bounce, is the players turning around to the umpire and appealing for deliberate decisions. And that's every fucking time the ball goes yeah. out, but no matter what. This is this is vintage AFL. They do this every year. They go, oh, that looks like a problem. Let's fix it. And without really assessing whether or not it's a problem and 
then the knee-jerk rule they bring in just makes worse problems. Mm. The, the players go, hang on, this is actually pretty easily exploited. Let's not try and get the footy. And then all of a sudden you've got blokes not going for the footy. And that's like, that's a far worse look than people kicking the ball out of bounds deliberately or rushing deliberate behinds. Mm. Uh, I mean, it had to change after 08 when Hawthorne, like Hawthorne took the piss that year um, in the oh. grand final. But... I miss the days where Mal Michael can turn around and boot a goal through the oh, boot Joel, through the goals. Joel Bowden. Joel Bowden yeah, style. I think the rule's well. called the Joel Bowden rule. <laughs> He's on like, the rules of the game committee. He used to have 41 touches a week and 21 of them were rushed behind. <laughs> and, and the others like, were kick-ins. Yeah, 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 he kicked himself. <laughs> Basically ended his career. Yeah, yeah well, he pretty much, well, I'm not relevant anymore. <laughs> uh, we are running out of time and, and time is a good segue for this. Thursday night, the Charlie Dixon game. You want to talk about Geelong Port Adelaide. That was a correct decision from the umpire, but it looked so strange because it's the first time we've seen a player be counted out. And of course it had to be Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I was at that game. Um, this is another sort of ties into the little rant about the rules. I, I don't understand why everyone got so mad about the Charlie Dixon one, right? There were so many, so many free kicks that Port Adelaide could have had. Like, yeah, but what, what, like what's, I don't, the, the I was watching that. I was at that game. I was watching the the clock countdown, and I think the only person in the whole stadium that wasn't was Charlie Dixon. Yeah. And when they they gave him an extra second and then said play on, and I don't understand why people are mad about that one particularly. It was that was extremely correct. There's very few black and white rules in the AFL. That is almost the only one, and yeah. they got it right. I, I I agree with that. They got they got that right. The thing they got wrong, and the thing the thing they're getting wrong, and the thing that really irritates me is um, there was a Geelong player who wanted round behind him. The, um, the, yeah. the, the five meter infringement rule, this is something they are not paying. This is something they have not been paying all year. And it's leading players to edge closer and closer, knowing they're not going to get pinged, nothing, knowing they're not going to get a 50 meter penalty against them for wandering close to the player who's about to have a set shot or mm. who's on the mark or whatever. Mm. And it eventually cost Charlie Dixon because he had no space and... I can't remember who tackled him. Was it Mitch Duncan or someone like that? Yeah, I think it was Duncan. It might have Sal was there. Was it so, I think, du- I'm Duncan. sure it was Duncan that got the tackle. Wh- whoever the Geelong player was, they they knew they they could edge closer. And it's an incorrect application of the rule. It happens every single week. And they just got to get that right. The cats get a, a, a fair old chop out from the umps down there, don't they? Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's almost like West Coast and Fremantle in Subiaco sort of levels. Yeah. I, I think Jed Buse is actually still grappling um, Robbie Gray right now. <laughs> someone, it's, 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 like, <laughs> someone left a comment, a good comment on our Facebook page saying uh, Robbie Gray didn't need his seatbelt for his flight back to Adelaide because Jed Buse is still holding him to the seat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's such an intimidating place, though, because the ground is about 10 metres wide. you got fans on top of you. you got got Absolutely no yeah, space. Yeah, well, that's, that's another thing. I yeah, you got was, you got Geelong locals on top of you. Yeah, yeah, that's the first time I've been there for a couple of years, and you sort of forget how intense the crowd actually is. They really yeah. will Geelong over the line in those in those kind of games, in those tight games. That 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 crowd is legit, legitimately worth a couple of goals to Geelong. Seriously. Now they were celebrating, of course, the ten year anniversary of their two thousand seven grand final, the Gimme Grand Final. The day I remember well, yes. Yes, against uh, Port Adelaide, of course. Should have subbed on Don Cassisi like <laughs> And uh before we, we talk about what we're looking forward to this round, uh, the weird take of the week for, for me within the media this morning, I was listening to SEM Breakfast, don't ask me why. But uh Mike Sheehan asked uh Tim and Gary Lyon uh, if they saw someone who looked exactly like Stevie J drinking what looks like a crownie. And the boys are like, so what? He's got a week off. He's celebrating his 07 grand final. 
we haven't got an issue with it. Mike, so, Mike, of course, Mike Sheen, of all people, is the one who's got an issue with this. He's never played a competitive game of footy in his life. We really had to dance around that one. Someone who sounds like Mike Sheen says, <laughs> at, at a ground that looks like Cardinia Park, says someone who looked like Steve Johnson. Mm. You know, was in a place that looked like yeah. a corporate box. I, I saw that that footage came up on the big screen, and I I wondered uh, who would be the per, who would be the 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 journo to try and um, make a narrative out of that. Um, congrats, Mike. Mm. <laughs> if, if, um, I don't I don't think anyone in footy I don't think anyone at GWS begrudges Stevie J. No. that those uh, I'm sure I'm sure he had more than just the one. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone at GWS no. would have. Cared a jot, and as I said to that. you boys before that, he would have said to him during the week, "I'm like, going to Geelong. I'm going to Geelong, and I'm going to be ser- I'm going to level with you here. I'm going to have thirty beers. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, 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 do do what you want with that information. It's happening. <laughs> just just rock up on Monday. Yeah. As, as I said to you boys, if there's one player in the AFL you can put all you can put your house on to drink beers to celebrate a previous flag at another club. <laughs> It's Stevie J, but geez, Nathan Abbott looks exactly like Gary Abbott these days. Just yeah. a taller version of him. I like that both Nathan and Gary Jr. have, have uh accepted. Well, yeah, they've learnt from watching the, the highlights of their dad with the flowing the flowing uh hair, the, the flowing <laughs> back piece of hair and going, Yeah. When when we grow up, let's just shave it off, yeah. eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, need to wrap it up. Uh give me something you're looking forward to this weekend. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. Jamie Elliott against Fremantle. He's kicked 17 goals in the last six games, 13 goals in the last four games. It's really good to see um, Jamie Elliott back. And he was he kicked 4-4 four, four yesterday. Could have mm. relatively kicked, probably should have kicked seven because he had some easy shots. But he's an exciting player to look forward to. And after a year out, mm. it's good to see him. Yeah, I reckon he'll end up with five of Collingwood's seven goals on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing Freo. Come on, mate. Five yeah, of their yeah. six then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm... Really interested in seeing Gold Coast versus West Coast at Metricon Stadium. Mm. Both of these teams have uh, have been exposed as worse even than we thought in the last couple of weeks, uh, and I'm interested to see in which direction the hill goes for them. I I don't know. With Kennedy, yeah, out. with Josh Kennedy out, that's yeah. a big loss. Um, I, I reckon Gold Coast will win this. Yeah, I reckon Suns by five goals. Wow. All right. I'll make sure I grab that little bit of audio so we can play it next week, no matter what. Uh, Eith? I, I, I say that with absolutely no evidence or no backing whatsoever. So No, we've um, got evidence. West Coast don't like playing away from Subiaco. Okay, fair enough. Um, thing I'm looking forward to, most is on Saturday night when the scores are level with five minutes left in the last quarter, who between North Melbourne and Richmond can fuck it up the most? <laughs> 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 That's well, good. that's a good call. That's- also, Geelong play Adelaide at, at uh, Simmons. Oh, yeah, there's Friday a game between night. two top four sides. Is that sides three yeah. games in a row at Simmons? Yeah, because they didn't know that it was under construction until two weeks ago. So they couldn't play any of their first nine. Right. Um, it's, that's going to be an interesting game. I think Geelong will get pantsed, especially mm. if Harry Taylor starts as a forward. <laughs> Hasn't worked out. Worked out really well playing hooker up forward too. For, for oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that. He was the worst performed player of the weekend. Do you he, reckon? I reckon he'd be close. Mm. He... Made himself a Richmond legend in that last. <laughs> he can't. He can't mark. You'll get, get the five coaches throws from Damien. Yeah, yeah. he was so poor up forward that, like, by the time it, it's when it, that regulation mark came to him late on, like his confidence was fucked from how bad he'd been as a forward. He cannot play up there. No way can he play up there. That's that that 
particular experiment has to be over now. And surely. I reckon that's why West Coast won't play McGovern up forward for the exact reason why you've just said, as well as Harry Taylor too. So good note to end on. Uh, as always, you can hit us up on Twitter at Rudy Etzel at Ethan underscore Meldrum. Yes. And, uh, at no, Ra- I do not recommend it. No. <laughs> and at Ryan James Warren, of course, at Greenfield Post as well. Check us out on Facebook and on the website. We'll catch you next Monday.